Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have. We are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hilary Arno Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show. And today we have a very special guest. I'm just going to say this is Zach Kempler and I've known him a while and we're just going to cover it as we go. And you'll find out why in a minute. So welcome, Zach. Hello. Thanks for having me. Here we go. All right. So I wanted Zach in here for this. So normally I introduce first, but Zach and I, Zach, uh, I had started Weight Watchers, I don't know, probably 13 years ago or so, tried a whole bunch of meetings. All of a sudden I found Zach. Tuesday mornings at eight, Zach was our guy. And we had a good run, right? And Zach will we'll both tell our stories, but we had a good run until Weight Watchers discontinued our meetings. Uh, we have a very close group and we kept going and now Zach, Zach, sorry, Zach comes and does, you know, and helps, uh, he still leads our meetings when he can and we love him. And the, the thing that I would say about Zach is no matter what we ever said, he never made us wrong. He never made us feel bad. Some of the leaders weren't that good. It would be like, well, stop eating so much or stop this or drink, you know, but Zach never, 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 never. He's just, I don't know if he's a natural. I don't know if he learned it someplace, but he is the most wonderful leader we ever had and still do. And how, how we got here was Zach, Zach. Well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say what you told me. So Zach's wife is pregnant and he started questioning how he was relating to food. And he, and he brought up this book. It's called Fat Talk, Parenting in the Age of Diet Culture. And he said he was reading it. And I said, well, let's do a conversation. Little did I know how much this book was going to impact me. And oh, my God. So anyway, here I am crying. So now my nose will run. But that's just the way it goes. So let me just, before you, before I let you speak, I'm just going to say this is just the, the initial, the cover of the book. By the time they reach kindergarten, most kids believe that fat is bad. By middle school, more than a quarter of them have gone on a diet. What are parents supposed to do? Here we go, Zach. Welcome. Oh, I don't have to answer that, do I? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what you're learning. So okay, tell yeah. me, how That's did you happen to pick up the book? And, uh, you know, what have you seen since you read it? Uh, so I, uh, I was listening to NPR, as most young folks do. And uh, I heard the author being uh, interviewed about it. And uh, you kind of mentioned very kindly about the way I would conduct my uh, meetings for uh, the former company that I used to work for. Um, and a lot of what the author was saying resonated with what I thought about food and dieting and how we approach it. 
Um, it also happened to resonate. I have friends with young kids uh, and we've had those conversations and it just like really clicked. And so I was like, I'm going to get that book. I'm going to read that book. And then it changed my life. <laughs> so in what ways? So I, you know, I, so I've been on, I, I got you beat by a couple of years. I, I started uh, Weight Watchers when I was 10, which would have been about 93. <laughs> uh, and so I've struggled with uh, dieting and being overweight for my whole life. Uh, and about 10 years ago, I lost 105 pounds and kept it off. Uh, by doing Weight Watchers, uh, which is how I ended up working for them. Uh, all of which is to say, uh, I developed a very specific eating routine that worked for me for what were my goals at the time, um, which was uh, eating a large cheese pizza once a week, uh, and then eating relatively kind of uh, low carb, high protein, broccoli, chicken, that kind of thing uh, for the rest of um, the days, uh, which was, again, something I developed over the 10 years uh, of keeping the weight loss off and losing it. Uh, and I, I just, I looked at what I was doing and what the book was talking about uh, as far as issues regarding uh, diet culture and fat phobia. And I thought, I am right smack in the middle of this. I don't want my daughter to grow up watching me go out to a party and not eat any of the things or stay at home on a Saturday and eat a large cheese pizza. And I, I decided something had to change. So now... Would you say that, because um, we can get into that. Let's do it. <laughs> what the book was talking about, like the fat, fat shaming, fat phobia, thin privilege, all that stuff. Did mm -hmm. you experience that as a child? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. All the time. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Like, so I, I am, I'm a twin. Um, I'm the tall one, which is true and pathetic simultaneously. I'm five, six on a good day with uh, good shoes. Um, and my, so I'm taller. I've also been bigger most of my life, except I think when we were first born, <laughs> uh, but I caught up uh, and, you know, I get comments like, oh, do you eat your brother's mashed potatoes? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, I had a gym teacher in middle school who like literally pointed to an athlete and said, look at him. Like he doesn't have a drip of fat on him. You should look like him. Um, that teacher, I think later died of a heart attack. Uh, and you know, I actually, even when I lost weight, um, I'm a, I'm a musician in my non weight loss weight, you know, health life, uh, and yeah, <laughs> career. The rest of your um, life. <laughs> Uh, so I had someone come up to me and say, now you look like a conductor. And I was like, excuse me. And I'd been, you know, I'd been conducting for over a decade at that point. And it was like, that's now I look like it because of being thin. So that's fat shaming, fat privilege, the whole, you know, uh, two sides of the same coin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And did you, did it make you feel bad? No, I loved it. No, of course it made me. Yes, yes. No, oh, it I mean, was. You know, you joke about it. I joke about it too. But, you know, when I was talking to my mom yesterday, I, I showed her the book and she was like, did that affect you? And I was like, I mean, I thought I was over it, but I start, started crying. Like, I never allowed myself to feel it because mm -hmm. I thought it was my fault. I just Which should part? have been 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I never said, gee, they're mean, or my parents were mean. They were, you know, I always uh, put it on me, like, well, it's my fault. I should just be thinner. If I was thinner, all, you know, all my problems would go away or whatever. I'd be okay. I'd be part of regular society. And it wasn't like, well, I'll tell, I'll tell the story. Um, or you want me to tell the story now? All right. I'll tell you the story. So my father um, sent me to this therapist when I was in my, I don't know, probably around 30. And she said to me, you know, at the end of the session, she goes, Hillary, you talk like you're 400 pounds. She goes, maybe you have 10 pounds you could lose. But you don't have to lose it. You're fine. Like, she goes, this is not your problem. This is your father's. And she told him never to talk to me about my weight again. But, you know, when I think about that. Yeah. And he didn't. Oh. He did. Yeah, he didn't. Did she take on new clients? <laughs> she? She? Yeah. Yeah, she. <laughs> no, I don't know who she. I don't even remember who she was. But but the point was that I did talk like I I felt like I was four hundred pounds, even, and I never, no matter how thin I got, and it wasn't like I was always heavy. There were plenty of thin times, but it was never thin enough. Correct. Never. Yes. You know. Yeah. But in my mind, I was four hundred. Yeah. And oh, shameful, yeah. and it was shameful. Yeah, a hundred percent. I felt those things. That's you know, that's actually what you're describing in terms of like thinking it's you and something to do about it versus a reflection of what the people are saying to you, right? Uh, like that's that is that's part of the the book and part of what resonated with me about the book and how I've been living my life, which it was it's the, it is the only issue where people will say, so what are you going to do about it? You know, I mentioned before, it's like. Uh, you know, it's like if someone teased you for being ugly, no one would say like, so are you going to get plastic surgery or like what kind of makeup thing we're going to, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. no one, you know, like, screw that person. And like, you tell them what, I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it is not the same, but it's this culture of uh, if the way you look is a reflection of how you are. <laughs> and so people who look good are good. And people who look bad are bad. And like, obviously heavy quotations around both of those uh, judgments, but that's, that's it. And I, uh, same, same thing. I like, no matter how, no matter how much weight I lost, I always felt big and that like, it was never enough, you know, like I would always joke in uh, meetings that like the thing that I looked best in, the, the thing that made me look best in pictures was time. So like if I took a picture and looked at it immediately, I would be like fatty, fat, 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 fat. <laughs> but if I took like, <laughs> I was like what's it gonna say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I call yeah. it the committee. That's what the committee decided. Yeah. Uh, but if I took twenty four to forty eight hours, I would be like, oh, actually, what I'd say is, who's that skinny guy? It was never me, <laughs> you know. Right. Or I'd go to the gym and be like, I hate that guy in the mirror. He's so thin. Oh, that's me. But like it was disconnected. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And that's that's part of the culture. That's part of the problem. That's yeah. <laughs> that's part of what I don't want to pass on to my daughter is that that it, to the extent it's within my power to never to never be satisfied with how you look, to never be comfortable in clothes, to to 
to be uncomfortable if you're hungry, but also if you're full, but also if you're too full, but also if you're craving, but also like and everywhere in between that, like I, you always lose. Um, right. And, you know, members in meetings would say, I would say, how many people are at their weight goals and hands would go up. And I'd say, and how many of you would also like to lose five more pounds? And all of their hands would stay up all, yeah, all the time. So that's, you know, and I, that's obviously anecdotal, but that's over, you know, 10 years of doing those meetings. It was pretty consistent. And that's, that's a reflection of the beast. Yeah. My father used to say you can never be too rich or too thin. Mm -hmm. My, my, my grandparents on my mother's side had the same saying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, as I was reading the book, I was thinking two things. One was, all right, I wasn't that fat, you know, like those poor people, you know, I had the fat shame and the fat phobia and all that, but part of me was going, okay, you know, like comparing, well, all right, I'm here, but they're worse. Okay, that's good. I'm not so bad, right? And then the other thing was, okay, this is all good. And, you know, yeah, we should stop doing this fat food, but okay, but how do I lose weight? You know, I still, it was still like, okay, but I still have to lose weight to look okay. You know, it's like, you know, thin people, you know, I, I was at this thing yesterday and there was a guy that I recognized and my immediate thought was, I wouldn't talk to him because he likes thin girls. I don't know that for a fact, but it was automatic. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not a contender because he not, I, I have no idea what the guy likes. You know, I don't even know if he's available, but that was like automatic. He likes thin girls. I got, I walk that way. And it's like, there's something about thin that we automatically think is superior. Yeah thin people should have more rights or thin people, you know, when they talked about thin privilege, I had never heard it called that. I mean, did mm -hmm. you ever experience that? Thin privilege? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it would make me so angry after I lost weight. Cause like poor attenders were smiling at me now. And like people would just be more polite to me. And I'd be like, same thing with the, you know, now you look like a conductor. It's like, I'm the same, I'm the same me. Like you can't yeah. even, Halfway decent, decent before, yeah, absolutely. I I think about that a lot. That's you know, it's it. I think about that in terms of because I do uh, musical theater and performing and all that kind of thing. And like you know, actors stereotypically are like fit and good looking. Heavy quotes around both of those terms, right? And so like if you watch any TV and any media like you you're it's like wow like even like the little geeky townsperson who doesn't do anything it's like super ripped how did that happen or like they're so beautiful and then i have to remember like wait a minute they're all actors <laughs> and actors jobs are to be that way right and but they take a very no pun intended thin slice of the population and make it seem like that's what everybody looks like and so right. but when you're do you do the, when you're uh, running a show, do you pick the, do you um, cast the people? Yes. So honestly, do you factor size in when you're picking? So 
that's it's tough. A couple things. It's not all my decision, he says, to inoculate himself. So there's a there's an actual it's it's there's a couple of different people. I would say if it's students, absolutely not to the extent I can. Although I've been in productions where people are like, this person is too big to be this role, and it's like they're a sophomore. Calm down. <laughs> you know, can they sing it? Can they dance it? Wow. Um, I and I I try not to in adult uh, productions. It is it is hard sometimes. There are certain situations where it's like, is this going to be um, a believable situation on stage? And like even saying that now, I know that like sounds horrible, but like there are there are certain things where it's like this doesn't look right. I'll I'll give you a non weight example, which okay. is like you know. If your romantic lead is 16 and their opposite is 45, that doesn't look right. Right. right <laughs> you know, right, what I mean? right. there's some people going to look at it and be like, "Oh, I don't buy this." Now, is that in part reflecting on what audiences buy as part of that ecosystem I was just describing with the media? Yeah, probably. Probably it is, and I will say it is changing. I notice it on newer movies and TV shows and productions now where like there is that sort of thing. And I also see the backlash to that where people are like, actually the backlash of thing is actually interesting where they're like, shame these people. They're not healthy. Right. And so being thin is automatically being healthy and is as in, as if there's no other way to be healthy without being thin, which there absolutely is. <laughs> um, right. So yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to escape. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of healthy, a lot there was a lot in uh, the book. It seemed about these thin coaches, you know, having their athletes be so thin that they were unhealthy and had to go to rehab for their eating disorders. Yeah. You know, um, ugh, it makes you, you sick. I mean, which, even that and the sexual molestation, which is just part of the sport, you know, like, you know, how parents would overlook it in the hopes of their kid being an athlete. I don't know. It's first just. Of all, yeah. <laughs> I'm against all sports. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan, as, as you know. <laughs> um, so I think you could solve the whole thing by just no sports anymore. Just let's, there you let's, go. Let's play ultimate frisbee. Let's like chill. It's gonna be fine. No other <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's messed up to think that like it doesn't matter what you're. Again, I don't know sports, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say something. You might be wrong. It's like no matter no matter how fast you run a mile, do you look like you're a runner? Right. Well, it's not. Well, no, I don't. But I think these girls were already thin, but they no, were I, starving them. Well, there's that too. I mean, if you hadn't gained those two pounds, you would be faster. I mean, sh shaming them, yeah. And then some of them, when they quit, anyway, it's just in the gymnastic, anyway. Just, but that's so it's not like thin is always healthy, is oh, the point. No. Is fat always unhealthy? I don't know. Also, but... no. I went when I, I told the story at meetings we've had where when I went on my honeymoon with my wife, we, we were, we were away for two weeks and managed only one day to get up early enough for pool yoga at like, 
don't know, 7 a.m., some ungodly vacation hour for, for a Zach. <laughs> and, you know, it was like in the pool or whatever. And there were larger bodied people in the pool and like, you know, they and they're there. We were in Mexico. Their uh, English was much better than my Spanish. And they said, uh, does anybody have a problem with their bodies? And I was like, I hate my thighs. But I think they meant like, does anybody have any medical oh. conditions? <laughs> <laughs> they, they did. They did. It was it was a hit at 7 a.m. in Mexico. Um, anyways, <laughs> but some of the larger body people could like wrap their leg around their head and I was like I can barely walk you know and I I just lost all this weight and so like there are people who can be flexible there are there are Olympic athletes who are uh, obese according to their BMI you know mm-hmm. there are there are runners you know you always hear about these runners who like dropped out of a heart attack you know as though as though we've cracked this code of health and as though we've right. cracked this, it's we act as if we know um, yeah. in addition to that there's that that vicious cycle where they'll they'll pick the kids who look like a runner and then put them in track and then it's like oh man running made you look like this mm. do you know what i mean yeah. and and it's it's a little um retconned as we say <laughs> well and i thought you know thin kids get to do sports cuz they like them fat kids get to do sports so they lose weight yeah Yep. And the whole thing about, like, they took away those babies from the parents. I mean, I think the baby was three months breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah. They took the baby away saying that the parents were overfeeding. <laughs> I, If I recall the, the example, it was like, it was like, well, what's their diet? And it's like, uh, breast milk. <laughs> like, it was like, what are we talking? You know, it's like, oh, do you have any like high protein breast milk that's like gluten free or whatever? Like, it's it, it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like, who decided? You know, there was a lot in the book about if you have a fat kid, you're a bad parent. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, if yeah. you've effed up your kids so bad that they have anorexia nervosa and almost die. No one ever said you're a bad parent for that. You're a bad parent if you have a fat kid. So, so what, I mean, my parent, you know, there were five kids. I was the only one that I know of that they bothered about what I was eating. You don't need it. You don't need it. Stickers on the fridge, whatever. And you know, I, I'll just pull out my book here because I got to talk about this. So this is my book. It's called the second piece of French toast, right? That, well, the reason why it's called the second piece of French toast, which you would find out if you read it is because when I was young and Zach knows this story, when I was young and I was going to have the second piece of French toast, my mother said, do you really need it? So of course I took back my hand. I was like, I guess not you know, like kind of embarrassed. Right. And then when we were downtown that day, I told Zach already, there was this woman who was huge, obese, bigger than big, bigger than the sidewalk. And my mother said, you see that lady over there? She had the second piece of French toast. So I decided at a young age that I couldn't trust myself because I wanted that piece and I didn't want to end up like her. So there goes my trust of myself. And now what do I do? You know, my whole life has now been about trying to control it and terrified, terrified of being out of control. 
you know, that lady's right, right around the corner. I'm going to be her, you know, you eat too much chips or whatever. Like, you know, you almost see myself expanding in the mirror. Like, and that's the subconscious. It's not been on a conscious level, but this book, reading this book really brought it out. Like, whoa, I have been terrified my whole life. Yeah. It's a it's a shitty way to live. It's a it's a stressful way to live, always on the verge of becoming, you know, I've had that image in my head for a lot of years. I'm not going to say how long, but a lot of years. So what are we doing to our kids? Mean we're meaning we love them or do we love how we look as parents? Is that more important? How we look as parents or do we think we're doing the right thing? What do you think? I think, I think they think they're doing the right thing. You know, uh, I think if you, if we extrapolate the idea we've had, which is like, if I, if I love myself, you know, you, I think old diet culture was, um, you know, you should hate yourself for being overweight. So don't eat the French toast. I'll use the French toast example. (laughs) No, I want French toast. Thanks a lot. No, um, (laughs) I'm going to have it. Uh, Now it's, Come from a place of love. So if you love yourself, don't eat the French toast, <laughs> right? But but it's but it's it's like it's just but like don't oh, don't eat the French toast. toast. The bottom so line is don't eat the French toast. Yes, correct. Well, it's just a different. It's a different way to get to know, right? Right. And and I, it's okay. So so I think if we then think if I love myself, I won't have that second piece of French toast. Well. If I love my kid, then should I let them have the second piece of French toast? Is it, in other words, I think I'll, I think maybe my parents, specifically my mom, probably thought she was doing what I'm actually gonna do, which is prevent what she, me from going through what she went through. How? So, well, uh, what? So now, what she went through. As having a fat kid? No, as being overweight herself. Which is so my my mother my mother would always say I've been over that she herself was she would say I've been overweight since kindergarten. Okay, and that, like she was always like the big girl in school, and like it, which is interesting because like I like never thought of is I never thought I'm like your your therapist I never thought of my mom as fat I really didn't I thought of her as unhappy, but I didn't think of her as fat. <laughs> And so, and back back to sports for a little bit. I I was in little league for I don't know too many years. I, I do not I do not like sports, <laughs> um, and I and I was bad at it because I'm bad at sports. Like I can barely walk. I don't do choreography. Like I just I do my best work with my back to the audience. Leave me alone. Um, but I, anyways, I was but like my I was in the car with my mom, and she was like, "Why do you think you're not good at this?" <laughs> and I. I didn't think the answer was because I was fat, but I knew that's the answer she wanted me to give her. And so I was like, because I'm fat. And she was like, well, what are we going to do about that? And that's when I joined Weight Watchers. And the idea was like, we're not going to, my mother would say, uh, don't sit in your own shit. (laughs) 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 You know, and she would say, that's, we're not, we're not going to just sit here and do nothing. Like we're going to be proactive by putting you on a diet when you're 10. Which is again, and we say we say it now, but you know, it's like it's it's as shocking as those old you know commercials where it's like doctors recommend smooth camel cigarettes. Like it's 
they don't go together anymore. But I think right. in her mind, that was that was helping. That was interceding to make right what once went wrong, to be quantum leap about it. <laughs> because if you could get unfat, you would you have win. a good life. You win. You did you it. Would you would be good at Correct. You would be good at sports. You would have a good life. Yeah. My parents, when I was in third grade, I'm trying to remember, is 10 third grade? Because oh, when I was I mean, in... I think 10 is... I should know this. I feel like 10 is fourth or fifth grade. Okay. So I beat you. When I was in third grade, my parents, so there, um, <laughs> to, bought me a bicycle if I lost 10 pounds. So I did. I got this Stingray with a flowered seat. It had a basket with flowers on it, it was, you know, it was blue. And I rode that uh, bike around knowing I was only okay if I was thin. Yeah. I, I was proud, but I knew I had had to be fixed because there was something wrong with me. And, I, and, and I that did. doesn't go, that's hard to lose. Right? Yeah. Did you have that too, that you needed to be fixed? I mean, did you think you would become good at sports if you lost the weight? Absolutely. I knew. I knew. No, no. No, I thought I would be happier and just have a better life and be healthier. Um, you know, I... Uh, I remember after losing weight, people would be like, oh, you must have felt so bad before. And I was like, I mean, kind of, but not as bad as what you're saying to me right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it, it's so um, extreme in both in both ways, <laughs> where it's like, if you are overweight, you're like Eeyore with the cloud over you. <laughs> and otherwise, it's like sunshine and, lo you know, lollipops. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like fat is just bad. It's just, it's not okay. I mean, I was surprised how much she used that word. Because to me, if you call someone fat, you're insulting them. Right. But she didn't use it that way. She just called it fat. I, and I was like, wow, she's just using it. <laughs> like It's like the F-bomb. You don't use that word. Fat. You know, my mom would say, oh, he got fat. Or he would, she would go to someone and tap their stomach and say, oh, you got, what's this? I'm like, mom, mm -hmm. did you do that? Well, he must know. I mean, she just wasn't, wasn't sensitive about it in some way, right? To me, you're saying, what's this? You're now really ugly. She didn't say that. She just said, what's this? You know what I'm saying? To me, it's synonymous with a lot of negative, negative, negative words. Well, why do you think she did that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think. Why? why do you think? Because I think, I think there's an L, I think there's this thought of like, oh, I'm going to help them. Like, oh. look at this. Look, I, I am, I'm reflecting back at you. That, you know, it's like, it's like, um, God forbid someone's like, you know, starting to get that thing. It's like, oh, wait, I see something in you. Like you should, you should get that checked out kind of thing. It's yeah. like doing this. I, I don't know that. I don't think you're making it up that the subtext of there was like something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know. But it's like, all right, so we, we have to go to the commercial, but all right, we got to remember where we are. Will you remember where we are? Uh, well, belly tapping, what's wrong insulting. with that? Insulting. Insulting. Insulting is okay. That's what I'm writing. Okay. Got it. <laughs> it's okay to insult someone. That's That's like, why? Okay. All right. We will be right back after our commercial break. We will see you soon. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you really want to say? Or that you're stuck or in a holding pattern in your relationships, career, personal life, or finances? Are there things you want in life that you've given up on? Are you resigned that this is as good as it's going to get? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Hillary Burns, host of the Getting Real with Hillary show, has the solution you need. Hillary is a published author of three books and has a program called The Getting Real Process. This process frees you from what is holding you back, allowing you to create a life you love. Don't believe it? It is hard to believe that it could work, isn't it? The proof is that hundreds of Hillary's clients have used The Getting Real Process and are now free to create whatever they want in relationships, career, finances, enjoying life, or just loving themselves more. So go to realtalkwithhillary.com and order Hillary's book, Real Talk, and set up a conversation. And thank you again to our sponsors, KikoriApp.com. If you want to bring social-emotional learning to your children, experiential social-emotional learning, please go to KikoriApp.com, ask for Haley. That's my daughter. That was her voice, Zach. I don't know if you recognized her voice. And set up a consultation because you really can bring the socialization back to your kids, especially after COVID. If you haven't read my books, today I'm going to especially promote this one, the second piece of French toast. If you've ever found yourself numbing yourself and maybe not loving your life, read this book. It will give you hope. It certainly it certainly gave me hope and I, I lived it. So here comes Zach. Hi, Zach. Welcome Whoa. back. <laughs> All right. We were talking about that it's okay to insult someone. Why? Yeah. Because we've all decided, you know, we've all decided that fat is is bad, and not only is fat bad, but there's a solution we all know. Literally. Just eat less, just eat less, and exercise more. Yeah, you know, when I was numbing myself before before I wrote the book, um, you know, I really thought that if I just lost like weight was my only problem, and all I had to do was lose weight. And you know what? It's good because that's a simple solution. 
I mean, simple, simple to do. We know the answer. When I stopped, when I went back to Weight Watchers, and it wasn't my first gig there, it was at least my third, um, and I started, <laughs> yeah, and I started losing the weight, and I stopped numbing myself. I realized, oh, the weight is not the problem. I don't like my life. Mm-hmm. That didn't have as easy a solution. No. And it was, you know, this is getting real with Hillary. I, it was time to get real with my life and stop, you know, hey, I didn't have to stop numbing it, but it certainly wasn't helping. Um, and so I don't know if some people do that. I don't know. Were you ever a number or no? Or you oh, just God. like food? <laughs> no, no, that's definitely accurate to me. You know, I... um I didn't, I trying to, like, I, there was, I had other like anxiety, depression things going on with me. And I wish instead of going on a diet, I had gone to therapy, Mm. you know, and um, my, uh, I have a half brother um, who's just turned, he's going to turn 14, I think soon. And so like, I've had this kind of opportunity. And when, when my half brother was younger, like my father asked me about him being overweight and like, what should he do? And I was like, I was like, you should shut up. Uh, And like, what you should do is get him to like himself. And like, and I think, and, and I think that investing in that, you know, it's like, you don't need that that's the, the, that, that you don't need is not a piece of French toast. It's negative. The self-talk that's, Mm. that's what we actually don't need. (laughs) Um, and I think that if we had, if we invest in that a little bit more, uh, that would have been a a better course for me to take. So I, I absolutely, I think part of it was like numbing, um, I had a therapist when I actually did go talk about like, it's like eating the love. I didn't feel like I was getting other places kind of thing. Um, also, and this is really important, I love food. So there's that part too. <laughs> like food is it's not, it's not only numbing things, but like, absolutely, absolutely. And also, I also think, you know, it's like, if you, we've talked about this in, in workshops and, and meetings before, it's like, if you say you shouldn't eat French toast, that just means you're going to eat like all the French toast at one point, probably standing right. up in the dark while crying. And like, that's, that's just right. It's like, it's like never again. And then it's like a bump in the rug. And then you end up, you end up numbing over this extra uh, complication that you've put on top of what may be the real issue, right? The, right. the issue isn't the French toast. It's like, why do I feel the need to numb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I wonder, like, it, it's interesting, like, do, are we numbing because, well, we're numbing because we feel bad. It just happens to be that the thing we're numbing with is food. Do we feel bad because we're fat? Like, which comes first? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm just looking. I don't. Are we? I don't, I don't yeah. know. 
that's kind of the experiment I'd like to try with my daughter, <laughs> which yeah. is like, and I, again, I know I can't single-handedly save her from this because the world is the world, oh. but it's like, what if the word diet wasn't a word we used, you know, and you right. talked about the author using the word fat and that the, the reappropriation of the word fat, like uh, the LGBTQIA, I may be missing some letters community has reappropriated the word queer queer used to be like a slur, but now it's something that's worn with pride, literally. <laughs> right? right. I think fat, fat can be done the same thing where it's like, and I, it's, it's like, Oh, if there are jiggly parts of my body, I don't like that. That's bad. As opposed to just like accepting our bodies. Cause like they're all different in a million other different ways that we don't shame ourselves about. Um, that's not, you know, obviously there are going to be bad things in life. Life is hard. <laughs> no one gets out of right. life, but, but like, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I think like w the woman at the end of the book, and I couldn't wait to get to the end, hoping she had a solution. Um, tell me how to lose weight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was close. But finally, at the end, you know, A, it was about trusting yourself and your ability to feed yourself, that they can trust their body, but also teaching people that if someone said something negative, that's not a nice comment. Mm hmm instead of yeah i deserve it because i'm fat like that's what i would think well if i was thin i you know you know what i mean like i would internalize it as bad so let's say there's a heavy kid and someone calls them fat how do they react to that how, what do they say or you know they go home or maybe they don't even tell their parents how do you deal with that you just say oh they're part of the fat phobia culture hey whatever like it doesn't mean anything i don't know you know, how would you? I mean, I think. I, I mean, I they think could you say you're okay. <laughs> like you said. Sorry, I broke up for a bit. I uh -oh. didn't get that. <laughs> oh. No, like you were saying before, if someone like no one would go up to you and say, hey, you're really ugly. What are you going to do about it? You know, but but right. if it's weight, they feel justified that they could go up to someone and say, hey, come on, get your, you know, get your act together. You're looking stupid or you're looking whatever. Yeah. Well, and so, so I think I would, the question was, it was like, how would I handle that? Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah. Or so, yeah. Let's say, let's say someone insults your daughter. Any insult. Yeah. You know, I, when I was young, I thought, well, you know, I somehow I deserved it, but what do you teach someone? They're just a mean person, you know? Oh, I would try to teach her that what other people think of you is none of your business <laughs> and right. that it's, there's more about them, you know, than, than about her. It's also, it's, it was also to say like, let's unpack this a little bit, you know, like, what does that, what does that mean to you? Like, what do you think? You know? And like kids, in my experience, I don't, it's my first child, but I've worked with children in schools and stuff. Like they come up with really interesting things and they're, and they're pretty insightful as far as that. Like, actually I've done, um, Susical Jr., or a bunch, like too many times. Um, but uh, the main, one of the main characters is an elephant and like these monkeys come on and they say, he's fat, he's dumb, he's slow. And I, I go in reverse order and I say, is he slow? Oh, actually, I go back up. I'm like, who are these monkeys? And I'm like, they're bullies. I'm like, good job. Great. And I'm like, is, is Horton the elephant slow? No, he chases the who's. Correct. Is he dumb? No, he's the only one who hears the who's. He's actually smarter than everyone else. Cool. Is he fat? No, he's just an elephant. That is how elephants look. 
Wow. Right? And I think, and it's like, right. And so it's like, that's just how, you know, uh, her name's not going to be Sally, but that's how Sally looks. That's how Tim looks. That's how Jamal looks. Right. Right. That's what we are. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Or um, I'll stick with musical theater here for a second. Uh, Willy Wonka, uh, Augustus, you know, and the eating and the chocolate and, you know, he eats more and like da 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 And to to talk about that the the problem is greed <laughs> that's the problem with the ticket winners is that they're greedy there's nothing to do with eating too much it's the greed and the and the ec- and the excess and the getting into the fame and all of that that's the issue and then we're not going to shame them about bodies but it's 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 how these how they these kids behave so i think i think separating those things and kind of reinforcing biodiversity for lack of a better term that like everyone's going to look different in a bunch of different ways. And that's actually a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. I love that. Whatever. Sue's Susical junior, whatever that is. That's such a great, that's such a great example for kids. Cause I was like, is he dumb? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the answer is for. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's great. I love it. So, okay. So how did you, after reading the book, I know before you were very, restricted you had your pizza you had your thing how are you now or how will you be like how have you changed what you're doing and in in attitude and whatever how how did that affect you impact you um i i i'm trying to be kinder to myself i'm trying to like kind of look at myself less like check myself out in the mirror make sure the outfit fits less um I'm trying to just kind of eat what I want to eat, which is like scary. <laughs> um, but like the, the, one of the plus sides of having been so restricted in the past is like, so now I'm, I used to have like a salad a day and now I put it in a whole wheat wrap and I eat that. And that to me is like a treat. <laughs> it's like, I'm on vacation. It's like a party, <laughs> which is like, it's a stupid whole wheat wrap. It's like, it's still like <laughs> pretty square, but that, brings me joy <laughs> and I have rice cakes uh, and I'll have like a little bit of uh, the microwave, like the ready brown rice, just cause it makes my life easy. And like, that's really the biggest difference. And then going into what was my pizza day, I found I'm like less ravenously hungry. And so I still have pizza, but I just eat less. Um, if someone offers me a cookie at a party, I might eat it. Whereas before I've been like, no, not today. Stand back, Satan. And, and I would, well, and, and for me, what's messed up is what I'm doing now, I think is a much more realistic way of living that I'd like to impart for my daughter. And what I was doing before I was praised for nonstop. You're so strong. You're so good. You're so healthy. And I think, oh, contraire, bonjour. I, I think, I, I think healthy is the new good, bad. You know, we don't say food is good or bad. We don't say people are good or bad, but it's like, you're not healthy. And I think we, what we've been talking about today is like, we are so unhealthy about how we think about losing weight to be healthy. That's, that's the unhealthy part. That's the, that's the tumor as it were. Well, I think it's like, um, this constant, am I in control? Am I out of control? Is this okay? Is that too much? You know? I got to exercise. It's like this whole list of things that I need to do to be okay. Well, 
and let me. I can't I, skip a day of working out. No chaos. Like that's, that's I. I. I, I, yeah. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I don't know why I can't. Maybe one day, you know, or let's say I'm catching an early plane, then I'll walk. You know, I have to count it. It's something about counting it. It's something about like this unconscious list that I have to do in order to be okay. I can't just live, you know, I can't just trust myself. And, you know, in the past couple of days, I have been eating like, you know, I got this, this little bread, I'll eat a sandwich with two pieces. And it's like, you know, I'm still tracking my points. Like I'm having too many, I'm not going to be able to get through the day, you know, and it's, it's like, there's this ledge that I can't go over. It's like into the abyss. Correct. I'm yeah. always. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got you. That's yep. I, it's as, terror. It's internal terror at all times. And it's like, it's a shitty way to live, you know? Correct. And some would say that's how someone say you're being so healthy by working out all the time. Right. right? And look at the, the, I call it the merry-go-round of trauma you just described, like in the horsey faces and the music, and it's like terrifying. Yes. Uh, as though anybody knows how to help anyone else lose weight, and right. as as much as I uh, regret some of my participation in diet culture in my previous career, like I always said, and ne- I, I don't know how to tell you, I can't tell you what to eat to lose weight, and I can't tell you what how to exercise to lose weight. Like I don't know. And no one knows. And like any diet um, company out there says like 98, 99% of the people who do this don't succeed. Right. The interesting thing in the book was that the people who do succeed are doing so by means that are not good or, you know, to be very vague about it, like that are, that are extreme. And I was like, Oh, that's me. That's me. What I'm doing is extreme. (laughs) And I'm thinking it's good because I've done the thing right. other people can't do, but it's actually extreme. And I don't, I don't want, you know, when I was in fifth grade, it's like, I remember Halloween's where I dump out my candy. I didn't eat one piece. And I look at like fifth graders and sixth graders now and think like, what an, what an insane thing to do to praise a child for not having candy on Halloween. Right. And as though we know that's going to make you thin even if that were the healthiest thing to do, and even if that were the ideal goal, no one knows how to do it. They're lying. And it's like noble. That's what it is. Correct. You're noble. Aren't you good? Correct. So no wonder we torture ourselves. Yeah. So, so when they were talking about the Oreos, it seemed like Oreos were, came up a lot in that book and it was like, (laughs) let them have them. Correct. That's, what if they eat the whole sleeve? And they eat you the whole sleeve. Then maybe they won't want them for the next three weeks because they had so many. Could we trust them to regulate their own selves? Oh, I don't know. But are our bodies made for us to trust? Well, but here's the thing: we we I understand, and I understand how terrifying what you just said is, because <laughs> trusting myself is here's like the Oreos, yeah. That's, but we were taught to distrust ourselves by yes. well-meaning and thinking that that distrust would lead us to a better place. And they were wrong. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> right? right? I don't I don't really know what happens when you let a kid eat as many Oreos as they want. 
I've never, I don't know what that looks like, right? But I do know what it looks like when you tell them no. It looks like us. Yes. It looks like, say it again. Yeah, I got really good at sneak eating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we know. Right. We know what the other route looks like. We know what it looks like. And we act as if we don't. And so, like, let's try this other route. That was, I mentioned having conversations with my friends with young kids. And, like, we had a conversation about, like, how many cookies the, her daughter should have. And she and she was like, I don't want her to have too many. And I was like, how many is too many? She was like, I don't know. It's too much sugar. I said, how much sugar is too much sugar? And she yeah. was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, shouldn't we know what those numbers are before we make this decision that it's yeah. too much? And that, that, that trap of a question your mother asked you, if I may be so bold, do you need that second piece of French toast? Do you really need that? How would you ever go about answering that question? How do you answer a question like that? What is the answer? Yes. <laughs> no, no, but, but you I, know what I mean? What, no, what, I didn't. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, Obviously but, not. Yeah. Let's say we were in a scientific laboratory and we're like, right. we're going to determine how to know when people need French toast. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a trap. It is a trap. The whole thing is a trap. Yeah. Well, anyway, wow. This has been amazing. I think we could talk for hours. I could anyway. Yeah. Woo. Let's just hope that this book makes a difference and this conversation makes a difference for people. Now we were going to promote Zach in his real life. Oh, I mean, we're not talking about that. He is a um, composer, conductor, conductor at all, musician. Yeah, musician. Yes, and Zach has a show that we're promoting and we're going to, in the highlights video, we're going to have that little, the little um, video um, that you can watch, but it's a, he wrote the music, Casey at bat. You want to talk about it? We have uh, two minutes. So go ahead. It's, um, it's based on the um, Ernest Thayer poem, Casey at bat, uh, which is about Casey, a great baseball player who ultimately strikes out. Uh, We do an updated version. So K.C is for Kelly Connors, who's a girl. Um, I know. Uh, and there's a little bit of mean girl bullying thing in the show. And because, I mean, spoiler alert, she also strikes out because that's how the poem goes. But it is actually, I was thinking about it, it's actually in keeping with what we were talking about today because it's about how, like, winning isn't everything. <laughs> and there there are more important things than that. Mm. Uh, and, and friendship and girl power and all that fun stuff. So I'm and excited. And music. How cool is that? Have you yeah. composed other shows too? Um, I've done a couple of other things in the past, uh, but none. This one has been published uh, and is um, premiering off Broadway, off Broadway in May. Uh, so nothing's nothing that's gotten this far. And I've I've dabbled in a couple of other things. So, but yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. And if people wanted to find out about your other shows, is there a way? I know we can always put it in the notes if you come up with one. Is there a way uh, that people can find your other shows? Go ahead. Uh, I don't. No, I think I think the easiest way to find out what I'm doing, what I'm up to, is my Instagram handle, which is at one Zach Band Z A C H, um, which is I during COVID I formed a band with myself, um, playing drums and keyboard and tenor banjo and trombone on different things. So that's okay. where my music stuff. So, oh great, okay, so at one Zach Band, okay, and so in closing, Zach, what would you? want to leave, I don't know, parents, kids, anybody, what would you say to them? 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about this because I, I I know it's an important uh, concept. I I really would like the abolition of diets. <laughs> that diet should really just mean menu, as in like the the black bear's diet consists of blank, <laughs> but like yeah. that we don't we don't do this nonsense anymore. I think I think it needs to go the way of the dodo. That's my dream. And and what about the whole concept of fat is bad? Do you have any feeling about that? Um, that sounds bad. Yeah, like, I I think I would hope that in getting rid of the diets, that would go with it. And I think that if there is, I think that let your doctor tell you what's wrong and make decisions based on that, not and not society kind of thing. You know, again, like how much is too much? What's bad? What do we mean by bad? Are we worried about this? Are we worried about that? what do I need to do for like a specific medical issue, a specific mental issue, a specific life issue, but not, but bad is too amorphous for something as uh, prickly as the word fat, where we need to reappropriate it anyways. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like the doctors were part of the problem in the book. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, they weren't the most trustworthy sources, but maybe they can be uh, the re reworked or you know the technique that i keep in the back of my mind yeah. is if i wasn't overweight how would you tell me to deal with this right and that's it and that's really it because it, you're right and that's you know we can we could talk for several more hours about that but yes, that's well, it is it is connected and it's hard to escape but in other words like no i think i think the divorcing of fat from bad is ultimately a good thing and if there are any things that need to be addressed from a medical concern fat aside, deal with it on that level. Right. Not a doctor. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach. This has been awesome. Obviously an emotional topic for me. I don't know about anyone else, but for me, it definitely hits in the heart. Yeah. I was so. crying off screen. Anytime you didn't see me, I was sobbing. So that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Zach. And good luck with your show. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for watching this episode. I started getting real with Hillary when I discovered that I was a people-pleasing, pleasant phony and wanted to be more of my real self. We can grow together. If you will like the show, subscribe to my channel, and share this episode with your friends and family so that we can have a world that's more real.